0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Is the you back? They just might be. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. future commissioner of the Carolina Conference. That's a, a new college football conference I'm workshopping. And with me, as always, is AJ. If the SEC really did mean more, why have I only watched ACC football for the last two weeks? Marchese
1: that was a mouthful. It's so true, Rob. Yeah. If you could pick one team to be back and actually be back, which which program are you choosing?
0: Like, what? what do you mean?
1: What if you could choose one program? Well, oh, like back, to be good again? Yeah, to be back. Yeah.
0: Well, probably. Um, I'd have to stick with the Carolina school, because mm-hmm. that's my thing now. I don't know that NC State ever went away, but I'd pick them to be back. Okay, good pick. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, they won They won the, the, they won March Madness with Jim Valvano, so. Oh, okay, we're doing
1: both, both?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it all. They're back in everything.
1: Alright, respect. Hey, here's a theme song.
0: What? Today, we'll continue our in season oh. <laughs> format with our 2021 NFL Draft Superlatives from this past Saturday in college football.
1: <laughs> Let's hit it. Hey, here's a theme song Seven, 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 seven. seven and one, two, three, two and one, two, three, four. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence oh, or
0: You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division titles, and championship futures now. Head to BetOnline.ag today. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, before we jump into it all, uh, we get some we get some news that's no longer news to the listener. But uh, hey, we didn't talk about it yet. Um, the Big Ten is officially playing. What? They're they're playing this fall, AJ. I don't believe you. I, uh, I watched the big noon kickoff instead of ESPN <laughs> Game Day just to see the the schedule slowly, slowly released. They like to do a week at a time, then go to commercial. It was really sick. Oh, God. Um, yeah. The no, thir- I, 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 And everyone was tweeting it, so I don't know why I did it. Like, I could just been on Twitter, but I, I chose to watch. And it was the third um,
1: fucking schedule of the year for the Big Ten. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and they immediately just put Nebraska in hell playing the Buckeyes. Yeah, um,
1: fixing it for your boys at, down in Columbus again. What else is new? Trying to get them in the playoffs. Season starts October
0: 24th. Um, I can't wait for the Halloween games. That gives us Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio yeah. State, and Penn State. Like, that's pretty sweet. Um, the The other cool part about it is it, it's, so it's just an eight-game schedule. Yeah. Um, the championship is the number one team in the East versus the number one team in the West, but they're gonna play all the like the two from the East plays the two from the West, so the seven from the East plays the seven for the from the West. Decide who the worst Big Ten team is. That's my favorite part
1: of it. I love that. Like, I I don't I haven't looked at the full schedule yet. I hope like no one else is playing that weekend or anything. So like these games are actually like like they'll be on TV. That'd be so fun.
0: It, it's it's genius. Um, I mean. It, I, I don't know. I think that's hilarious. I think that's the, the, the one winning part about the Big Ten doing all this back and forth and then eventually coming back is that they're giving us that. <laughs> that's all I care about. Me too. Um, but on top of that, uh, we had a handful of top Big Ten prospects obviously opt out and declare early because of, Uh, essentially assuming they wouldn't have a season Uh, and you know what we get a bunch of them back already because nothing means anything so uh, Ohio State guard Wyatt Davis Ohio State corner Sean Wade Michigan tackle Jalen Mayfield and Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman are all planning to opt back into the season and they're just waiting for approval from the NCAA to be eligible once again
1: I think we're gonna keep seeing more guys too. Like, uh, there's already rumblings that Ambry Thomas is gonna come back, and
0: uh, he sp- should. I, he, he I should. wonder if Rondale Moore will, and I wonder if uh, Rashawn Slater will. Those are the two that kind of haven't.
1: Yeah, I think I think I could see Rondale staying out, just with like it, it, the previous injuries. The injuries, and
0: and, yeah. yeah. But the only thing is, he's only played, what, I think 17 games yeah. in his career at Purdue, and that's going to be held against him if he doesn't play this year, especially yeah. with these other guys coming back. Like Rashad Bateman I, and Wyatt Davis don't, I don't think, need to come back. But, no. Um, so uh, the, I, I think there is a case where just old school NFL thinking will be like, well, why didn't you play if you could have?
1: Yeah, exactly. But then, you know, the, like COVID is still very much a threat. So uh, fuck blaming anyone for sitting out this I, year. I know, I know you're not and saying well, that, I, I'm just saying. I know.
0: And there's even rumblings. Micah Parsons is talking to James Franklin and could come back. And he's the by far the m- most relevant guy who doesn't need to.
1: Yeah, I, I just, just fucking get ready for the draft, Parsons.
0: You're already a top five talent. Yeah. Um, And then also we got, uh, although the Pac-12 is apparently looking to play, Th- um, Thursday? we got Washington. Yeah. Yeah, we find out, yeah, I think Thursday. Mm-hmm. Washington defensive lineman Levi Onwuziriki has opted out and declared for the 2021 NFL Draft, but hey, maybe he'll, he'll opt back
1: in if they do play. <laughs> I, I feel like we've been talking about him, I guess it's two summers now. I, I, I like Onwuziriki, I liked him a lot last summer, and uh, the hype's kind of built for him. I, I do think he's the type of prospect, and I think he'll agree, that, that does need one more year of tape, or that could help him a lot. Um, I, I think what kind of hurt him last
0: year a little bit was the injuries up front for Washington. So yeah. they had to have him moving around. He's playing more nose tackle than normally. He's obviously not a nose tackle at the next level. He's a five-tech, three-tech type.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so it, it didn't provide him with a ton of opportunity on tape. So I, that's why I, I thought he's a guy who could use another year, especially, in a, again, a wide-open interior defensive line class where I think he, he's firmly in the conversation for a top five interior defensive linemen in the class all the tools
1: um, are there all the talent is there for sure yeah
0: like they the his flashes are bright where they he looks like a top 50 prospect mm-hmm. but just the consistency yeah. and seeing him uh kind of it and find where he does best fit just because he again he played he played nose he played three tack he played five tack like i think he's most natural as a five
1: uh, see, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Cause he's, he's got the length and the build of the five, but I I kind of like him just shooting that gap as a three. So, but yeah. Well, he's
0: got the. He was definitely got the quickness, and yeah. he's disruptive when he's put in a spot where he like as a nose t- a two gapping nose tackle. He's not getting like he's just supposed yeah. to be clogging yeah. run gaps. But when you put him in and give him that opportunity to shoot gaps as a one uh, three tech who's just one gapping, mm-hmm. yeah, big time. I think you see a lot of flashes.
1: Yep, gonna be interesting um, to see what he does either way.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I, I, I mean, we've already had a handful of Pac-12 guys uh, declare, so it will be interesting to track whether they opt back in, mm-hmm. whether if they do end up playing, whether or not more guys um, – or if they don't end up playing, I mean, whether or not more guys opt out.
1: It's a, it's a weird year, man. It's it's kind of –
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's so weird. All, all we've watched for the last two weeks is – group of five football and ACC football and uh with that let's jump into our, our our college football week three NFL draft
1: superlatives and let's start with our best freshman AJ. I've got a, a, a good handful of freshmen this week but I think first and foremost uh going to your Georgia Tech University is that, is thank you uh Jamar Gibbs the running back who on uh his first career touch took the opening kickoff 73 yards looked awesome they kept calling him Reggie Bush from the first snap yeah it was sick but after that like uh like he looked great running the football but he kept working those like Texas routes and those little option routes and uh like felt very vet just running little routes like not not crazy ability but you know four catch for 60 yards and a touchdown there uh, Gibbs was kind of like the, the workhorse and the fucking the go for the Georgia Tech offense when it was kind of stagnant and, and Sims kind of was turning the ball over. Still a good game, though, but uh, well, I think definitely I, the best best freshman this week.
0: Yeah, also on my list, um, combined for over 120 total yards, two mm-hmm. TDs against a, a, a fairly talented UCF defense that has multiple NFL guys on it. Yep. Um, but I think the other, like, kind of, props you got to give to Gibbs is he he wasn't supposed to start Jordan Mason's they're starting yeah. running back he he was out we not I don't think we heard why um just said unavailable it,
1: that they asked and there's no reason yeah
0: so Gibbs kind of gets thrown in there with him and a freshman quarterback in Jeff Sims and yep I mean the the I, th- I think the the pass catching was kind of the like you mentioned, the thing that kind of really gets you excited. Mm-hmm. But that one touchdown run where he just obliterated all the angles, seeing how explosive he was in the open field. And um, he, he was a big recruit. Yep. And, I mean, that it's just, again, more props to Jeff Collins for how, how quickly <laughs> he's kind of recruited and yeah. Put together a competitive Georgia Tech team that shouldn't be competitive right now. Obviously, they upset Florida State in Florida State last week. They lose to UCF, but they were in that game more than that score suggests.
1: Yeah, it was just a couple of the bad turnovers. You know, just just freshman mistakes from some of the guys. Um, also Gibbs. Uh, one last thing, really well built already as a true freshman.
0: Yeah, no, he considering um, he's more of a scat back type of back, but he's already. Like, I think 205 yeah. is what he's listed at, and he, he carries it well, and yeah. just, yeah. he he. Uh, I think him, him and Sims are going to be a lot of fun the next couple of years. For sure. Uh, I'll give you a, another running back, um, also a freshman, because this is best freshman. Uh, <laughs> I started that sentence without knowing what I was saying. Um, Jalen Knighton with Miami, nah. although it – what? I said yeah. Oh, I thought you said meh. <laughs> um, because it's so. I mean, his seventy-five yard touchdown was pretty easy, extremely easy. <laughs> Louisville's defense non-existent, but uh, yeah, two weeks in a row, Nightens ripped off big, big plays. Um, obviously on that seventy-five yard touchdown, you saw his his overall explosiveness. Um, he also ran for a touchdown. I I just think, I mean. Cameron Harris has looked quite good, yeah, he's but a good the back. future is J- yeah. yeah. The future is Jalen Knight and, and Don Chaney and uh, Dear King just really opens up that offense, and mm-hmm. they've done a good job getting Knight in the ball in space. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, that going more and more going forward. Uh,
1: are you mentioning Cameron Harris anywhere else, or is that is that your mention? There? No. Okay, so I'm glad you brought. I don't either. I just I want to say he's looked really good the first two weeks, and uh, kind of like Jacob a good a- one. You I think you said it
0: last week. He's in the in the Miami running back mold of the DJ Dallas Travis Homer yeah. where it's not like he's like a big time prospect, but like he's gonna be on an NFL roster, you gotta think.
1: Yeah, like he'll, he'll go day three at some point and uh fucking get some touches and produce. Like he looks like a looks like a pretty pros pro y type guy already, which is impressive. Sixty six 66 yard touchdown running against
0: UAB and then seventy five yarder yeah. against Louisville. Both look both look. Pretty similar. We just press the line, one cut outside, gone. Yeah. Uh, you got any more freshmen?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I got a couple more, but I'm gonna I'm gonna change up the order here. You know, what I kind of liked and uh, on that that loaded pit defensive front, uh, freshman Kalijah Kansi I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name right. Who kind of just kept flashing? It, it was kind of my third game. I had one eye over there, and uh, I just assumed when he was making plays, it was it was an upperclassman or whatever, and just getting in the mix. Uh, but no freshman, six foot two, seventy, and kind of playing that three tech mold, and uh, kind of a weird build there. But like, uh, I think like a sack and a half, a couple of TFLs, just kept making plays in that Q's backfield, and just I uh, just thought he's one of the someone to watch. And I, I, you know, Pitt's doing a really good job with that that uh, defensive front. So, a couple more yeah, years we'll, there, it could be interesting. He's a
0: guy who's kind of taken that Jalen Twyman role with mm-hmm. Twyman obviously declaring and. With with uh, the two studs at at edge and Weaver and Jones and, and Weaver really uh, Yeah, I him. mean yeah, he did. Um but yeah, he he looked great. Uh I'll give you a low key one that had uh just was fun. Grayson McCall, the Coastal yeah. Carolina quarterback. I got him on mine too. <laughs> I just I felt I mean, we might have been the only two people in north america uh watching coastal carolina against campbell on friday night and and for that um, reason i'll be mentioning the game multiple times in the episode yeah i i will as well (laughs) um but yeah mccall ran their their system's fun kind of that spread option look uh and and he just really good decision maker on pitches uh he's a really good option quarterback but he was
1: also making, like, some pretty legit throws, too. I, yeah,
0: he, no, he he had a couple—the the, the first touchdown pass, the, mm-hmm. the ball placement was pretty impressive for uh, a freshman at Coastal Carolina. For I sure. know it was Campbell, but still.
1: Yeah, I don't care. Uh, My last guy, because uh, I had McCall, I'll go Grant Wells again. Like, the numbers weren't great at all for him, but it was a big-ass win against App State, and he was just—he kept—like, it was, what, like, 11 for 25 for, like, 163 yards and a pick? Yeah. But kept making, like, big-time throws. I, I I like what I've seen from Grant Wellesley's first two games. Plus, he, he he's a little more mobile in this one. Had a rushing touchdown. I, I He just keeps impressing. I know you you kind of said, damn, he looks good. And if you look at the stat sheet, it's like, okay, it wasn't a great game. But if you watch that game, uh, way better than you think.
0: Yeah, he, he looks like he's going to – him and McCall both look like uh, future G5 quarterbacks we talk about yeah. more than we should.
1: Yeah, McCall, I feel like – I feel like it might be like the next Zach Thomas, baby. Is that even a good? He's p- better than Zach Thomas. Might be. Thomas was uh, okay. He's so okay yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> uh, best sophomore. Uh, I got a stick. I got a couple from the BC game, and they're all Boston College Eagles, baby. I'm starting starting with the quarterback, Phil Jerkovich, who Phil Jerkovich. Uh- yeah, he he's the Notre Dame transfer. He's a big name. I I was surprised you didn't you don't seem to know who he is. I didn't. No, I didn't know who he was. And uh, well, first of all, you know I hate Notre Dame. I don't pay attention to anything they do. So <laughs> so him coming over, he looked fucking good though. He's like six five two twenty five ish. Is strong. Yeah.
0: As hell. Ian Book beat him out.
1: Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have. Apparently, it's better than Ian Book already. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, big strong. Uh, moves really well. Like he, 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 like, he didn't have any rushing yards, but he made some plays with his legs, um, uh, making throws outside the structure. And, like, he looks pretty legit. Had 300 yards, two touchdowns. Um, and BC overall just looks really good. I'll package deal in here with you, with, uh, with Jerkovic, uh, with his receiver, Zay Flowers, who, uh, like a smaller guy, 5'11, 178, but speed to burn. Uh, him and, him and Jerkovic hooked up on that PA, uh, post-touchdown where Flowers just got so wide open on a little shimmy at the top of the post and like just absolutely toasted the the Duke DB had like 162 yards showed off some yak he, lo- he looks like another guy to watch and Jer- Jerkovic and Flowers could be a connection down the road I'm saying it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna interrupt you it's, uh Jerkovic but get more power to you Jerkovic okay thank you I, I was yeah. I didn't have the audio on the game thank you Jerkovic it's that's, okay. That's cool. I'm very
0: plugged into Notre Dame recruiting.
1: That's a cooler way of saying it than Djurkovic, too, anyways. Djurkovic.
0: But, yeah, um, I mean, you're, you're – uh, I think Boston College is your, your ACC team, oh, the I, way Georgia Tech's mine. I,
1: I think so. Like, I was way more impressed, and uh, we got more BC talks in this. Right, fuck it, I'll plug, I'll plug more, baby. Josh DeBerry, the the, the DB, that uh, kind of kept flashing there as a sophomore. 5'11", 180. You Noah know Halfley knows what he's doing with DBs. Um, had a sick strip pick that I think everyone saw in the highlights. It was it mm-hmm. was a strip, but it was it was basically a pick. Uh, then had a big TFL in the in the back TFL on the backfield. Thanks <laughs> on the running back. We just laid the lumber. Uh, just kept kind of flashing all, all day, and I thought he was really interesting uh, just to keep your eye on there.
0: Yeah, I, I, hey, I I told you Halfley's going to fix that program, and it's it's already begun.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm surprised how good they looked, and they just handled Duke.
0: Uh, I will. While well, while we're talking about our teams, I'll I'll mention. Um, although Georgia Tech uh, kind of did struggle on defense in the second half, mm-hmm. sophomore linebacker Demetrius Knight had a really nice game. Uh, he was even getting some attention on on the the Twitter sphere, which was nice as a mm-hmm. prideful Yellow Jackets fan. Um, <laughs> he just he just looked as a true sophomore, and, and they've got. Uh, Quez Jackson and David Curry, two more veteran linebackers on that defense. But Knight, uh, I thought, just looked ready to be playing big-time college football. And he he was making uh, the right reads and kind of never really getting out of place. I, I, I mean, the, the UCF run game had some big plays here and yeah. there. But overall, it wasn't anything too, too. Massive. It was mainly Dylan Gabriel through the air, which I will now mention him because yes. he he was outside of the interception. He was like he was quite awesome. He made some big deep throws. He is not afraid to sling that ball deep. They love the deep comeback. Um, he also had that one where I thought he unleashed, uh, although some guy on Twitter told me it wasn't a good throw, um, where he just unleashed unleashed a deep bomb. Uh, like outside the hashes left side yeah. and he just dropped it in the bucket and it, it just looks so easy for him. Um he's just got a wicked arm and he, he obviously broke all of two his uh high school records in Hawaii. And uh I, I think we got a good one coming up, uh, yeah. under Josh Hubel. Uh
1: can I say it? I, I slept on Gabriel a bit last year. I think it was just my Mackenzie Milton love. I'm like, no one could be Milton. Yeah. And yeah. but watching this game yesterday, I'm I'm fully on the train here. He he looked fantastic. And like uh, I don't think you mentioned moves really well, too. It was just the, the added yeah. mobility there. Like you said, the, the bit of a hose, man. He's throwing 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 ropes. <laughs>
0: um, and, and one of one of the receivers he's thrown to is a sophomore as well, Jalen Robinson. He's a redshirt sophomore, transferred looked, from Oklahoma. Uh, he had a big game, too, over 100 yards. He kind of stepped in. Obviously, they brought back Trey Nixon and Marlon Williams from last year, who both also have big games. Yeah. Um, but Robinson kind of took the Gabe Davis role as their big mm-hmm. he's not big but as their deep outside threat some uh, with con-
1: contested and stuff yeah
0: yeah he, he he's like five nine though he's much different <laughs> yeah. body type but being that deep threat with trey nixon more as the route runner and marlon williams is the yak guy
1: yeah I, th- that offense looked really good and like um like you know otis anderson gets gets a don i like greg mccray still uh, that team looks like got hurt yeah i know sucks um that team looks like it's it's ready to roll again um Speaking of ready to roll, my last guy here, Kenneth Walker, the, the wake running. Hey, back to, my last guy too. Just put the team on his back. <laughs> Br- brought him back, kept him in the game. They end up losing by three, and AJ had them plus two and a half. But whatever, uh, Walker looked awesome. Had three touchdowns and just just carried that team like that, that. The Wildcat touchdown just looked looks really good. And like uh, five, 10, 206, and like looks bigger than that. Carries it well too. I I, I think he he's, he was really impressive. And he's a guy we
0: mentioned last year, if if you uh, remember, I think it was against Duke. He had a mm-hmm. big, big game, and he he was obviously just a true freshman last year, um, sharing that backfield. But yeah, he looks like kind of the the bell cow going forward for that team. That, yeah, I mean, tough loss, but uh, he he looked great. Sure. Um, okay, We weekday warrior. <laughs> we only have one game to choose from: the Coastal Carolina Campbell
1: game. I uh yeah, <laughs> actually. I- I'm gonna mention two more Coastal Carolina guys and one later. So, but here, here I'm, I'm going with the tight end Isaiah Likely, who you mm-hmm. already knew I was picking. Six uh, four, two forty five, uh, has that like big wide receiver type frame where you're like, you know, he's more built like a wide receiver than a tight end, but he moves like the wide receiver. So when they get him going in all different ways, he had three catches for ninety six and a touchdown. The touchdown was off like a sick. Like you said, their their play designs were great. The offense was great. Like a where it was a play action? He came out of the backfield off a wheel. And he was like motioning in the backfield beforehand. It was <laughs> it was pretty cool. Like they use them in that you know when you kind of just move your guy around and you check if it's man or zone type of thing. They use them like that. Come off the backfield and uh, they use them all sorts of ways. And he he looks really interesting. He he. The, well,
0: that offense in general is just a lot of fun. For but sure. he, he he looked like a guy who could be that maybe that H back fullback mm-hmm. yep. move player in a Shanahan style offense.
1: Yeah, exactly. Who who'd you choose from the Coastal Carolina game? Uh big nose tackle Gerard Clark. Okay. I chose him for my uh out of nowhere prospects.
0: He's a red shirt sophomore, I believe. Yeah, so he's um, he's not
1: there's no chance he's coming out, but
0: he's a he's a legit nose tackle at six four like three forty. Yeah, uh,
1: but moved surprisingly well, surprisingly agile. Well, you, um, you, you, was, you know what they said, right? He went to Coastal Carolina as a tight end and has added 50 pounds since being there, which is kind of crazy. And this was, like, really his first game action because I, I think he got hurt last year and he didn't play as a as a true frosh. Um, so I, he looked, like you said, just the movement skill is really impressive and especially at that size. Well, played with a lot of
0: energy, too, mm-hmm. really just eating up space in the middle. Uh Got in the backfield a couple times, cleaned up a sack. I, yeah. I I uh just going into that game kind of not knowing a whole lot about Coastal Carolina football and just immediately like obviously NFL body size there for a nose. Yeah. And uh Jen just started making
1: plays. He was really good. Um the, the best thing about that game it was first of all, Campbell was wearing their their, their orange shirts and Coastal Carolina was wearing their home teals on the teal turf. Uh it was really eye catch. It was a good Friday night where you're like Okay, I don't really know if this game's going to be good. I'll throw it on. And it was. It was great to watch. It hurt my eyes. (laughs) But in a good way, like you said. Yeah, in the good way
0: where it hurt, yeah.
1: Your your retinas were burning after, but it felt right.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, Well, I just love Carolina schools, so. It's true. We know that. Uh, Okay, best prospect you saw? I mean.
1: I I kept it simple again here, Robert. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, who... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Stop saying it was the Citadel. The field's still 100 100 yards regardless, baby. Uh those the throws were were amazing. All um, three touchdown passes were highlights. Uh,
0: well the, the 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 first one was insane. But I don't the, the stupidest thing is the people who are like, "Yeah, it was the Citadel That doesn't change how tight that the, coverage was exactly. and the ball placement.
1: Yeah. So, you know what's you know what's really cool to me? When you first saw it, like without the replay, it was like okay, you know, it, it looked like he had a bit more separation, and like it's like okay, Lawrence made that look really easy. And then on the replay, the Lawrence put that in a one by one box, and the only place he could put it and led the receiver perfectly. The receiver was like fucking like ten yards away when he made that throw too. That that was amazing. And then the 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 deep ball to um, Amari Rogers was just perfect, perfectly placed. In there-
0: The third one, well, it was nice because that that one on Murray Rogers was kind of down the middle. Yeah. But that third one was just a perfect outside drop in the bucket.
1: Yeah. That that one, the coverage was bad, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. But still, he just dropped it perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then he also ran for a touchdown. So four touchdowns, uh, only threw nine passes. I mean, again, obviously it was the Citadel, but he was the best prospect and. Maybe once the SEC starts playing, we'll have other best prospects to talk about. But for now, yeah. I mean, when yeah. Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence, it's hard not to pick him. Exactly. Uh, shooting up the board. I got a my, couple my guys. My list is my list is full of Miami guys. Just so you know.
1: I uh, you know what I you know what I did I figured you're gonna go a lot of Miami guys, so I I kind of they use back. <laughs> exactly. So I so I zagged and I you know we both watched the game, so we could talk about that. Anyways. Uh, I got I got a boss. fuck, it, I'm going to start Boston College here again. The tight end, Boy. Hunter Long, man. 6'5", 253, had seven catches for 93 and a touchdown. Uh, fuck, I Jerko, – Jerkovic, no. <laughs> why, can't, why are we struggling Jerkovic. with this? Jerkovic. Jerkovic. Him and Jerkovic uh, were magic all day, man. Like, it, every throw to him felt like a tight window to contest a catch. And then uh the last one was, just to top it off, just uh, the fucking diving catch. He looked legit. And uh, I know the top three tight ends are pretty much set in stone. And well, I mean, you probably mentioned another one coming up, it's being Miami. Uh, but it, it, the rest of the group is kind of murky. And he looks like a guy he's, he's pushing his name off the boards there. And he, he's a guy
0: who was a big recruit uh, for Boston College to get at mm-hmm. our high school. And he put up big numbers in the ACC on a bad Boston College team last year.
1: Yeah. Boston College always feels like they have a couple tight ends and they may or may not get drafted. But <laughs> Hunter Long looks like the best of the bunch in a while.
0: Yeah. No, he uh, you were gushing because you're a
1: BC Eagle forever. Yeah. Well, um, can I plug one more Eagles thing? They kind of went yep. back to like the like the 80s 90s style unis and they look really fucking good. So I'm oh, I'm all yeah. in. I'm all in. I'm all in.
0: Everyone everyone was all over that that uniform look for them.
1: It look they look good. I'm all in I'm on Eagles now, baby.
0: Following in your tight end trend and you already hinted. I'll go with Brevin Jordan here. I mean, we talked about it before. The show the Miami wide receivers really aren't
1: mm-hmm. that
0: noticeable or that good. Lots um, of drops it, for it, King
1: yesterday, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really the running backs and Brevin Jordan that are the playmakers around Eric King. Mm-hmm. Um, and early in this game, he showed off some of that kind of his impressive contact balance for a tight end uh, as a Yak player. And hurtle, then obviously, the yeah. yes. And then he had the deep touchdown where he's just wide open. But just his overall athleticism, and he's a different body type than... That like classic inline. He's he's more of that move guy. Yeah, I think he's six three two forty five. But clearly, just such a great athlete. And uh, that's back to back games where he has kind of stepped up for them as as the go to guy. And uh, he 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 looks like a a hundred percent a top one hundred guy. Yes. Um. But hey, maybe maybe he uh, he makes a, a push to be more in that top tier with Friar and Pitts rather than just kind of being in the second tier alone.
1: Yeah. Smart. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, smart that they got him fucking going early this game too. Kind of took a while against UAB, but it was like from the, from the first drive that they got him working. Was the hurdle on the very first drive? I think it might've been. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, smart. He had a great game. Uh, I'm going to stick in the BC game. No, I got so many more BC takes, but that was sincere <laughs> for the last time, but no, I'm going to the Duke side this time. Uh, Victor DiMukeji, the edge, uh, opposite Chris Rumpf, uh, 6'3", 265 senior, three and a half sacks against BC, and they were all earned. Um, we know that, that Boston College front has, what, three big names on it, and I'll talk about some of them later, baby. But D. McKedgy, uh looked really, really good, and so did Rumpf. <laughs> I got so many BC and Duke takes, Rob, and I'll, I'll shoot them off. That's for- what well, th- that, that's what happens when there's less games, and like
0: <laughs> there's one game that ends up being... It wasn't. Just, there's good. a handful of prospects. Yeah. yeah, there's just a handful of guys playing in it. And so then all your guys end up being from that because there were, the other options are just there wasn't that many games.
1: Yeah, especially when it's like pleasant surprises and like I didn't know about any of those BC guys and the Duke guys really showed up. So yeah.
0: Um speaking of pass rushers, look, I'm just following in your footsteps. Look at that. Uh I think my number one guy shooting up the board's Jalen Phillips. I he put him was
1: I definitely, I definitely agree. Did you put him for played the box score? Yeah, I, I, I okay. he was the only one I could think of. So, but I would have had him here for sure. Like, well, no, he's a good pick there because
0: I when I went to look at his numbers, I, yeah. I was like shocked that they weren't more. Like, he was just so good. It was he had, like what, he had three tackles th- at yeah. TFL and two hurries.
1: But, but he should have got credit for half a sack. I'll say he basically made the other <laughs> one of the sacks.
0: Yeah, uh, on the the big fourth down sack Miami had. Uh, they try to block him one on one with the tight end. He he just goes speed to power. He just throws the tight end and creates a sack essentially. Um, but throughout that game, I was most impressed with what he was doing as a run defender. Yeah, uh, consistently setting the edge, especially because they love that outside zone. He was eating up the outside zone where he just set the edge, and like Zach McLeod would come down and clean it up. Um, his length, power, and 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 just overall athleticism look like the makings of a first round guy. Yeah, I'm like I I mean obviously they they were supposed to have Gregory Russo with him and Quincy Rocher this year, which mm-hmm. would have been insane. But I think there's a chance Jalen Phillips ends up being the 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 more well rounded prospect between him and Gregory Rousseau.
1: Interesting. So uh, and, and for
0: the record, Phil yeah, Phillips was uh, I think the number three overall recruit and also I think he was number one on uh on HPN. one of the sites. I, I think he was yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then he, and yeah UCLA he, transfer. Yeah. Yeah he ends up at UCLA, deals with a bunch of injuries, almost yeah. quits football, yeah. transfers Miami, adds a bunch of weight back, becomes just he, I think he's like six five two seventy. Um yeah. And just just a freak, and I I guess at this point if he plays like this all season, it's hard not to
1: see him being a first round type of guy.
0: I, uh, I, I guess the only thing holding him back would be that injury history.
1: Yes, and I, I, I we k- kind of kept touching upon it, but I think that um, I think we're gonna see teams go with fucking high school five star pedigree a lot in this draft. It, it, like again, there's there's gonna be tape this year now, but it's still only eight games, nine games, and it's kind of you know it's gonna be it's still gonna be kind of weird, but um. I definitely agree. Uh, Phillips had the most important game for his draft stock this week, especially like being in prime time against Louisville. I, I think he, he definitely helped himself the most. Uh,
0: and, and now, and he can yeah. build on that as they they play Florida State this coming week. And obviously, Florida State <laughs> sucks, but there's going to be eyes on that game, and that offensive line's terrible. So I, I think he'll have yeah. to just another big
1: game. We've, we've been saying for years: if you ever want to see uh, or put, put yourself on display against anyone as an edge or as an interior defensive lineman uh <laughs> pump pump that Florida State tape baby uh my, my last two guys I'll go to the the Tulsa Oklahoma State game um two guys I like uh, M- Malcolm Rodriguez the OK State linebacker kind of just all over the field uh undersized like 5'11 220 but had had the sack had the tackle um just looked looked great like and then honestly the entire Tulsa secondary looked awesome but uh, Ali Green, kind of first and foremost, and you know, I, I like the length at DB. They're all big though. He's six three, uh, two oh six. Kind of, kind of got hurt ish, and then Tyler Walls got him that one time. But him and Tyler Walls were a hell of a matchup. Uh, ended up with the one pick. Um, it's impressive that Tulsa keeps finding these long ass DBs, and I keep liking them. They, they got yeah, something Yeah, they have a massive there, secondary. Right? Yeah, I like that. But yeah, those those are my last two guys, and they they, they looked really good.
0: I I have them both in different spots. Um, oh shit! Okay, it's
1: okay.
0: Talk, talking about DBs though, I'll I'll go with two safeties, both from the ACC. First, Bubba Bolden with Miami. Mm-hmm. He I thought he showed off big time range, uh, coming down multiple times to make big tackles but behind the sticks, um, and and just his overall physicality and instincts looked really big. He's a former big recruit yeah. who was at USC yeah. and transferred to Miami. Miami's transfer you. Um, and no, he, he kind of, he really impressed me. I, I mean, him, yeah. him and, uh, Amari Carter, who was just killing people. That's a fun <laughs> safety duo.
1: They had very much other, they're both huge. Bolden did get beaten on the two, two out. touchdown. Yes. But like, like it, that's a terrible it, that's a matchup, bad matchup yeah. to put.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I think he's better as a down low flats defender. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the cover, one of the most explosive Receivers in college football, like
1: how, like how many safeties, regardless of size, in the country could uh could cover Atwell on an out like that? Like, Trevon Morig. that's about it, baby. That's Let's it. go, our let <laughs> watching the TCU guys. <laughs>
0: um, and then then I also put Pittsburgh safety Paris Ford, who had an incredible mm-hmm. interception. Uh, but before that, he was just as he as he tends to do is just fucking laying the boom. He's he's a hard guy not to notice on the field just because he he flies in and just it might not always be the greatest form but he is looking to kill someone every every time he comes down
1: i feel like it's been a good start to the season for these acc safeties yeah like like uh, like, i was kind of i was not louisville's but okay no (laughs) no i was kind of lower on like cisco and uh and ford to be honest like i could have put them yeah stupid and they they both they both been good
0: um yeah. One last guy for me. You already mentioned him uh, earlier. I just felt he had to be mentioned. Rashad Weaver, who's coming off a torn ACL last mm-hmm. year, uh, he was a monster against Syracuse. And yeah. with Pat Patrick Jones is clearly the the twitched up athlete, and, and Weaver's more of the heavy handed, um, well built, looks like an NFL body already uh, type of edge. Who I, I think he's a day three type of guy.
1: Yeah. No. It, it, what he had? What three sacks? Two sacks? Yeah. I had a really good two game. two sacks
0: couple TFLs, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, okay, sliding down the board.
1: Uh, I, I I don't like to be... First of all, you know I don't like to be mean. I, I'm going to okay, put Zion... You don't have
0: to say that every time. It, literally, the this job is to analyze and say something's good or bad. But you, I
1: know they're listening, Rob. I'm going to go with Zion Johnson, and it's kind of not his fault because he just looked out of yeah. place playing left tackle. Um, it was working early in the game, and then Rumpf and D. McKedge kind of got after him, man, and he got worked by them. Um just just doesn't look like he suits it and but I think we knew that it was kind of a weird move to make anyways I I I don't know that's that's the only well, thing that kind of didn't work for BC but like I, I like he's gonna hold up fine when it's against lesser guys it's just with Romf and Victor D there um just didn't look good.
0: And i I just don't understand that moving in there because obviously he transferred from uh Davidson yeah. kind of was a part-time starter but really killed it down the stretch last year uh and then at, at guard and, and looked like one of the best guards in this class and just his overall athleticism I guess is why you would move him
1: there like it, it feels like such a group of five maneuver you know what I mean where you just put your best off yeah the you just line put, put your best tackle. guy in yeah. But with them they have actual guys on the line and the team looks good. It's uh yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it doesn't like
0: I don't know. I he doesn't he's not built like to be attacked like not he at isn't not at all. No. But he's got a right? very like, guard just, body. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think a top 100 prospect is a guard. So it's just kind of the circumstance of it's not his fault necessarily, I, I, Yeah, but he did struggle.
1: Yeah, I don't like if this happens every week, it's going to affect his stock. But I think like just in this yes. one game it isn't really going to it's and, like, his first
0: game playing tackles. So. Exactly. It's,
1: it's just something like we, we, I had to put someone to talk about.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I put Chuba Hubbard. He's my um, second
1: choice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Against Tulsa, obviously Spencer Sanders goes down early for Oklahoma State, and it really throws throws a wrench in their offensive plan. But yeah. Hubbard was not, and this was my knock on him over the summer was he he's more of a boomer bust runner where Mm -hmm. if he doesn't rip off that big run it's a lot of inconsistency and he doesn't create for himself all that well like he's a great straight line athlete but he too too often he he was better in the fourth quarter but too often just going down on first contact yeah i don't i don't think he had like he has fine vision but not elite vision to make up for some of this um and, and he he wasn't adding anything as a pass catcher i was just he looked like like more like a like an average NFL running back rather than a guy you're, you're like banging the table for as a top 50 running back
1: yeah definitely like like uh, I think I agree with everything you just touched upon and I was I think it was a little higher on Hubbard than you were maybe I, I think the vision especially and it, you you this this game lends you to being more correct um like you said in the past a game like he, it was like two catch for minus seven yards and like it's not a great look for a guy that's you know up there with Heisman favorites and he's just getting tackled in the backfield by Tulsa. You know what I mean? And especially a game where they scored, what was it? 13 points. They needed him to, uh, like you said, Sanders goes out. Uh, Wallace was quiet as hell in the first half. Uh, they didn't really get him in. They needed him to step up and he didn't. Like you said, fourth quarter, pretty good. But like, what do you average? Like three a carry? Like not a, not a great game at all.
0: No, certainly not. Uh, who else you got?
1: Those, those were my two big ones. You Probably. didn't
0: put Chase Chase Bryce. How did you not put Chase Bryce?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I don't know how high he is. In the... well, I'll talk Chase Bryce. Okay. Chase he, Bryce. He's a
0: guy who some some people said he's the best senior quarterback in the country before okay. he became a starter at Duke. So
1: Okay. Okay. Then I'll talk Chase Bryce. Jim Price. said it. Did he really? Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is a good one then. Or I could put him for overhyped. But anyways, Chase Bryce. Like, <laughs> the, all the, like the flashes of the tools are there. Uh, But just really inconsistent. And he's not getting much help from the Duke supporting cast at all. And like, two of the picks were really bad. Just one didn't see the fucking linebacker. And uh, uh, like, again, it's kind of like, I think like it depends where you see him. Like, for me, it's like, all right, he's for, you know, he's been a backup quarterback and he was interesting at Clemson. He's showing the interestingness again at Duke. But if you think he's like, oh, yeah, this is the guy, then it's a bad game. But. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. He just needs more help from that Duke. There's, there's not, there's not. I guess Gray, the tight end, is pretty solid. And he's kind of the go-to guy, but other than that, there's not a lot of help, and it just, it, it's not working right now. We'll see when he. And you know what? It, you know what kind of sucks too. It's like this was supposed to be I guess, one of the more easy, ACC games. Even though we know I'm a big Eagles fan and they're great, they're gonna win the conference. But <laughs> you're, you're
0: running on that Georgia Tech energy I had last week. <laughs>
1: I love him. Um, but, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Just just for a game where he was supposed to look better, it was really uh, just not great. There you go.
0: Okay, I, I'll go, I got uh, uh, sticking back to that Louisville-Miami game. Louisville's defense non-existent. Yeah. Um, Rajay Burns, their linebacker, had some, I mean, he's a linebacker who returns punts, so immediately getting some attention. <laughs> but uh, just a, a really interesting athlete who who's a versatile kind of chess piece for them. But I thought he was very quiet in this game. Um, really mm-hmm. didn't have much of an impact. Uh, I, I, he 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 created some pressure and he was there was some flashes, but overall I thought underwhelming performance. He's an Ohio State transfer too, from big recruit. I did know that. And I, yeah, and he's kind of supposed to be their their dude on defense. And I mean, just just watch the game.
1: I uh, <laughs> yeah, but no one on that Louisville defense looked good. Uh, no no it was bad um
0: also throw a mcneil for nc state uh he he had a, a fine game he had two tfls but overall he's he he wasn't as disruptive as i would have liked to see and, and like wake stayed in that game just pounding the rock and mm-hmm. uh he, he wasn't adding that much as a pass rusher so i i i felt i felt the need to kind of throw his name down
1: fair enough fair enough uh, out of nowhere prospect. I only put one because it felt like we watched all the same games as last week. So my guy was Draw Clark. I, I honestly, I want to still talk about him because I, I, man, he's he's really interesting at 6'4, 335, 340 ish. Like, I, like, that came, I came away as like really impressed with him. And again, like, just a redshirt sophomore and just keep watching him down the road. Like, I don't know. I, I he really impressed me. That whole coastal Carolina front was pretty good. Um, terry jackson the guy kind of on the radar already and i, I i've on the other guys the opposite of him edge um who had a good game last week uh that whole front pretty good uh, Coastal carolina i just want to keep plugging them you should watch their games if they're on friday nights and uh they're if they're fun that's what i'm gonna say
0: and here comes the coastal carolina train ah uh, we're on it baby uh <laughs> oh it's a loud one louder than normal it's um, a sunday
1: morning wake up train baby
0: I'll go back to that Oklahoma State-Tulsa game. And you already mentioned Malcolm Rodriguez. He's one guy I put down here. Yeah, They
1: yeah. they
0: love to mention that he has a wrestling background every time I meet a tackle. <laughs> um, but he, 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 he's he been very productive the last two years for them, too. And mm-hmm. he's a smaller guy, but really physical, tons of energy. He was catching my eye. But on the Tulsa defense, at linebacker, Zayvon Collins, mm-hmm. who is listed at 6'4", 260, but showed off some impressive range. He ate up a screen pass. Um, he had three sacks blitzing. His timing as a blitzer I thought was kind of a weird little impressive thing. Um, overall, he was a he was a wrecking crew for that Tulsa defense, and uh, I think he's a redshirt junior. And he had big numbers last year too, and just uh, an interesting guy. Tulsa defense, all very interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of guys to watch there. It was fun. I enjoyed it. All right, who made you look stupid? Uh. I, I... You know I'll, I'll go with two guys here. First I'm going to say Chris Rumpf because I swear to god I was like kind of I think didn't we talk him down a bit last week? So Well, he I, he he struggled last week. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he came back big bounce back game. It wasn't like he had one sack and it was kind of where he just cleaned up um cleaned up the quarterback there. I'm still I'm still not confident saying his name. Dracovic. Uh, thank you. <laughs> just kind of came off the edge unblocked. They didn't touch him. Uh bad idea from Fable's side. But anyways, uh, good amount of pressures everywhere else. Had one where he just absolutely ran over <laughs> on Johnson. Uh, so and seven tackles total. So he, he really flashed. I thought um for, for I thought I had to put him after after you know a really good game against a really strong front. It's my prospect versus prospect matchup too. That that BC front versus the Duke D line. Um, like like Vrabel looked okay. Lynchum um. Oh, Eh, he's okay. I had one one penalty call back. Was Vrabel playing a right tackle with Zion at left? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So I just that, that Duke French kind of got the best of them, and especially Zion Johnson. Uh, yeah. I, so again, I just, after after we we kind of talked him down a bit. And like you said, he struggled. He, had, he came back, and it was a good game out against a really good offensive line. Um,
0: I'm going with Elijah Mitchell, the Louisiana running back, who kind of just put yeah the region Cajun on his back in and, and a potential upset against Georgia State where they were down, I think, 21-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came back one in overtime kind of on his legs. He was just ripping off chunk runs and had two big touchdowns, the one in overtime to seal it. Uh, ran for 164 on the day. But, yeah, he was just ripping off big, big, big home runs. And he he's a guy who I kind of question the overall athleticism of, um, mm-hmm. but he showed off some pretty impressive burst in that
1: one. I'll throw one more. I wasn't going to mention him. Also, I thought you liked Elijah Mitchell, which is funny, but I, he, he was great, I, right?
0: I, I Well, I, I had him behind, uh, the, actually, the UL Monroe running back.
1: Oh, I think I did, too. I liked I liked him. Josh Johnson. Yeah, he's yeah, good. Too. Uh, <laughs> I, liked a lot of, I liked a lot of those ULM guys. Anyways, uh, I wasn't going to mention him, uh, but I'll say Malik Cunningham, who I was higher on. Malik McHale, by the way. He's going by Malik now, if, if you didn't watch the game last night. Yeah. <laughs> Who I was, I remember I was higher on. I don't think I didn't have a draftable or anything, but I thought like there was a path that he could be because I, you know, like the arm and he liked the mobility. Um, the numbers ended up looking good. Like if you looked at it after the game, you think you think he had a good game, but he, he didn't. It was all garbage time, um, numbers him and Tutu pretty much. Um, like I will have what, like like 40 yards at halftime or something, anyways. Yeah. Uh, just not an impressive performance. It, Miami controlled that game from the get go. Um, Pretty much, um, yeah. I, I don't know for for a guy quarterback I liked in a big on the big stage, he just didn't step up. Like there was the flashy throws though, still. So like, it really, it's not like not like I'm writing him off. But like that one throw um, where he was on the move to the left and he he found Tutu uh, on the sideline there over top of defender. That was a hell of a throw. So like the flashes are still there, yep. but um, and again the Miami defense is as we talked about, lots of guys on there. But just I wanted to see a better game from Cunningham. Um. Jump into best prospect versus prospect. You already mentioned you
0: have BC uh, O line yeah. versus Duke D line. I am with Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State yeah. receiver, against Ali Green, the Tulsa corner.
1: I knew you did. That's why I didn't want us to talk it too much earlier. So
0: Green Green's length and physicality really yeah. matched up well with Wallace. Is also physicality. Yeah, um, they fun... really weren't going to Wallace once Spencer Sanders left, uh, but. Late when the freshman came in, they started mm-hmm. giving him those contested catch situations, and he kind of had a better game down the stretch. Uh, ended up with 94 yards. But Green Green had that interception, uh, he had big TFL. He, I mean, hey, last year we had uh, uh Reggie Robinson, right? Yeah, and, and now Ali Green, similar kind of style at corner because Tulsa only loves, I mean, did the, the what did Mick Shea keep saying? They're the Legion of Boom.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Kept comparing Tulsa's DBs to the Legion of Boom, so hey, it's true, it's and, true. But it, that that legitimately was a really fun matchup, and Ali Green came away as a I, I gotta keep an eye on it going forward.
1: And even the one where uh, Wallace kind of got him down the sideline, not not for the not the big one, but the other one. Um, if you watch the game. He, he, like Green rode him like two yards out of bounds. Like he was physical as hell, and then kind of yeah. just blew a tire when Wallace came back in bounds. So it's kind of like, yeah, w- wasn't really his fault. Um, yeah, he looked really good. I-, I was impressed.
0: And you already said your prospect to play the box <laughs> score, Jalen Phillips. Phillips.
1: Like, I thought it was clearly the guy this week. Like, it, like you said, I couldn't believe. Like I was waiting for the box score to go up because it, it didn't go up last night. Check this morning. I'm like three tackles and a TFL. That's it. Like I swear to God, He, he was so much more impactful than that
0: yeah um sticking again with that Tulsa Oklahoma State game I thought Rodarius Williams had a really good game at corner for okay yeah. state uh like Keelan Stokes a legit NFL um prospect for Tulsa at receiver and he outside of that one big wheel he had nothing and uh Radarius Williams greedy Williams older brother mm. uh long press guy uh and just I thought really solid game
1: yeah no for sure um you know Harvey Peel, that's his name, right? Yeah, he, the safety yeah, the had safety. a good game too. Kind of, and I was low on him in the in the summer, so I could just put him first. Made me look stupid this week too. Throw really that. Prospect him, who? What prospects being overhyped? I put fucking Ian Book again because like he didn't what, do anything. Did, come on,
0: three rushing touchdowns.
1: Sick. Yeah, nine yards, three rushing touchdowns. They blew out South Florida.
0: Who, who's overhyping him though? Like who do you? Th- the bad. Are you seeing it on
1: the Twitter timeline? Who? No, the the big media. The big media. When you, like, oh. you know when. It, when oh they, wait, when, yeah, Lee Corso's got him in the Heisman. Exactly, Corso had Notre Dame name in the Heisman, and like it's like just the ESPN people, not like any draft people, but it, it's just like the ESPN folk. Um, he's a was good no,
0: college quarterback. Three rushing
1: touchdowns. He is a good college quarterback. Yeah, but he's I mean, better than Phil Dracovic. No, he's not, bro. Then why is why would Phil have transfer? Because BC's better than Notre Dame, you idiot. It's clear.
0: I'm going to stick in the ACC with a quarterback by the name of uh, Kenny Gunslinger Pickett. Um, <laughs> the the pit quarterback who made some impressive throws because he, he didn't really rip the ball when he has to, but he also had a, a bad interception and I thought just pretty inconsistent on the day and I I feel like just from some of the things I'm seeing on draft Twitter, it's there are some people who are are gonna put him in that top five quarterback conversation. I can't get there with him. Um, he reminds me a lot of Nathan Peterman, <laughs> which <laughs> could could be good, could be bad. Like he's probably a quarterback who could be at the Senior Bowl, um, yeah. and could be a late day three pick. But I just yep. so I, yeah. are we trying to make him more than he is just because there's a lack of clear QBs after the top three?
1: Okay, so we knew from the. the- the ACC show earlier. You're a Kenny Pickett hater. I had him as like a borderline guy. I liked him more than you did. He's looked pretty good, but yeah, that, that the talk of uh, I don't know. It just felt like it feels like when people talk about him, they're like they're elevating intangibles. And when I when you notice guys on draft Twitter elevating intangibles, it feels like they're just making up excuses to raise a guy's stock. Do you know the you know what I'm trying to stay here, stay here right. It's yeah, like,
0: big media is trying to get Kenny Pickett to be a first-round quarterback. <laughs> it's
1: not even big media, though. This is like Draft Twitter. I know. Twitter. It's Draft Twitter. <laughs> Which is weird. And I like Kenny Pickett, but like to say he's, I don't know, anything more than a late day three at, at best is uh, a little, little rich for me. Small school guy who cut your eye? I'm kind of cheating uh, because it's not it's okay. not the smallest school we saw, Rob, but I'm going to Marshall. Brendan Knox, oh, me too. the running Oh, me guy. too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're booing me, asshole. He, he looks well, awesome, uh, uh, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, Especially early, he had a handful of chunk runs. Really, like for a bigger back, really, um, yeah, he, agile in the open field. He,
1: like, okay, so he's really well built, at like six foot two, twenty three. But he doesn't run like he's a heavy back. But like, it, but he does have the power. It's hard to say. He, like you said, he's agile, uh, runs hard, runs smart. I like him a lot. Um, he definitely looks like he, he could be one of those like group five day three running backs that get drafted every year.
0: Yeah, no, and he's only a junior, too. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, I like But yeah, him. definitely interesting. You know what else is interesting? The year of 2020 That's true. and how things are out of our control, but you know what's not out of our control? Shaving bush. Shaving bush is always <laughs> in our control. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to shave bush. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can Manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Reserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame the summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to Manscaped.com check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of the show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. And with the NFL and college football back, you can spend all your extra cash betting on games people. You just go over to betonline.ag today and gamble it all away. And they're our presenting sponsor, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, for our final segment where we each pick our five uh, our five college football games of the following week. Uh, I call it my five picks of the week. AJ calls it something cooler, but hey.
1: One, one short of a six-pack. And I was a couple short of a six-pack uh, this past Saturday, Rob. I went one and four. I don't know how you went one and four.
0: Oh, did you not pick Houston Baylor? Because I went one and three. No, I didn't pick Houston Baylor. No, no, no. See, I got a free new loss off that. that does oh, sit. That's
1: it. But that that NC State, uh, I'd wait. I think they closed at, um Wait, Close minus two, but I got them at plus two and a half last Tuesday. Still wasn't enough points for me. The only game I picked right was Miami.
0: Um, I didn't pick that right. I picked I uh, Boston College right though. Oh, you're so smart. I know. Well, I, t- I try to tell you. I said you'd be a diehard Eagle for life after this I, week.
1: I, I am. You did, and uh, I am now. You're right. Uh, all right. Uh, no
0: spreads out yet because uh, we record early now, so our listeners can get in all this great content earlier. So um, <laughs> we just picked our, the five games that we wanted to pick, and kind of I think we're just gonna pick them straight up and guess spreads. Yeah. Or are we picking against our homemade spreads? Uh,
1: I. You want to do against the homemade spreads?
0: Sure, and then we have to right. live by it, and if if the homemade spread doesn't sit right with the other uh, yeah. co-host, they can call you on it.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. so this, this, this segment's going to be way too long than it should be now, but let's get into it. Who's your first pick, Rob?
0: I'm going 12 p.m. Fox, Kansas State at no, uh, number three, Oklahoma. Uh, I, okay. I'm going to take o- Oklahoma minus 27
1: and a half. Oh, fuck. I put it at 21. Okay, we're moving to your line, and I'm taking Oklahoma still.
0: Me too. I, I mean, Spencer Rattler it's his first, like we're going to watch cuz it's his first like real game yeah. but Kansas State uh, really struggled against Arkansas State and uh i think they're in for a long day especially in um in norman
1: i definitely agree i'm i wonder yeah okay i think your line's probably more more accurate i That's think just,
0: they're going to put it really big because of what they did to missouri state with the Spencer yeah. Rattler hype and then also cuz Kansas State lost to Arkansas State
1: yeah no i agree you you're right you're smart i want taking... big
0: spreads just for the record
1: okay we'll see um maybe this one's too small this one I'm not sure I, I couldn't get a beat on I, I tried to pick all the smart games uh sorry all the good games but anyways mm, I'm gonna take do. I'm gonna take Auburn over Kentucky mm. minus 10 what do you think oh that my god is? I put the spread so much bigger would you put it at 21 and a half oh my so I, I think we got to split the difference
0: here I don't okay what are we putting it at? Because I, I was going to take Kentucky plus 21 and a
1: half. Oh, okay, okay. So let's take opposite here. Let's let's split the difference down to uh, 16 and a half. How about that? Okay, and I'm still
0: going to take Kentucky.
1: Okay. See, like, Kentucky's ranked, so I think they give him some credit. Uh, Auburn's overrated, I'll say, it, even though I'm taking them. Uh, I, but, yeah, going into uh, Jordan Hare, that's always tough. Yeah. Um, you know i love i love my
0: wildcats exactly they're they're, they're my sec team i got georgia tech in the acc i got kentucky in the sec i trust in stoops to make this a competitive football game i think they'll lose but i have a hard time thinking they're they're gonna get fucking blown out especially because i i still refuse
1: to believe bonix is good i know i know i do too but i i think top to bottom that auburn like like kentucky i don't think they should be ranked to be honest and uh kind of playing off that here I, that, that, well they
0: wouldn't be in a regular year
1: exactly they're 23rd um <laughs> i wonder what, that spread's actually interesting i wonder what it's going to be uh i'm going to go with uh, a, another interesting spread two top 25 teams again i'm going to take louisville plus three over pit I, I, okay i didn't touch this game okay I, louisville's I,
0: on the road right
1: yeah it's in pit so I, I think they're going to favor pit Pitt, Pitt coming off the
0: win louisville coming off the loss
1: yeah, so I think I feel like that's a good number, and uh yeah,
0: well, because what was it? Miami was plus two and a half at Louisville, so I feel like it's got to be similar spread to that game, yeah, but also yeah. favoring the home team. Yeah,
1: exactly, I, I, I'll accept that. But I was ready to take Louisville outright, so I, I'm 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 going to roll with my Cardinals here. I uh, I think they bounce back. you, you already <laughs> talked bad about Kenny Pickett. It should be a good game. I uh, I hopefully I'm hopefully, interested to see
0: if Louisville's O line can bounce back yeah. against another really impressive D line.
1: Yeah, that's but uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun matchup. I think uh, like we haven't we didn't talk about Jamin Hawkins, but he, he looked really good too. Really um, good, PlayStation yeah. baby. Yeah, he's fun as hell. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: okay, I'll I'll go 12 p.m. ESPN, number five, Florida at Ole Miss, Florida minus 17 and a half. I feel like that's going to be bigger.
1: It's at, uh no, you know, I'll, I'll Would, let it go. I'll let it go. Okay, thank you.
0: Thank you. Um well, I think there's going to be a weird old Miss Lane Kiffen bump. I was about to say uh, the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know that there should be. Uh Florida veteran team veteran quarterback. Yeah. Although their offensive lines kind of up and down and and got some new faces in it. Uh, I think Florida overall should
1: handle business. Agreed. Um this is a tricky spread. I'm going to the AAC. Uh, give me my Bearcats. Minus six Ooh. over the uh, Army Academy. I-, I don't know what that spread would be. Obviously, Army is a Wait team. Where
0: is it? You're bad at it. Tell me the time, the TV
1: channel, and who's at home. Okay. I'm Honestly, I'm trying to look, and I can't find it right now. You're, okay, you're look. bad at it. It's 3.30, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's in Cincy. It's in okay. Cincy.
0: And what did you have it at? Six and a half. Yeah, that Army's looked really good the last two weeks. The triple option's a tough thing, um, especially e- even though Cincinnati's got a really good defense and in in a good secondary. It's going to be less of a factor against a, yeah. a triple option.
1: But I, um, I think the Cincy O should be cooking against the Army defense. That's kind of where I'll I, I, I accept that spread though. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a good number. Um, yeah, that's a tough game always breaks. when you play Army.
0: Okay, I, I'm going 3:30 on CBS. Mississippi State at number six LSU. Um, the debut of the Mike Leach SEC air raid with mm-hmm. KJ Costello. I'm taking Mississippi State plus 24.
1: Okay, I'm I was I was gonna pick Mississippi State plus the points, but I'm like I wasn't sure how we were gonna do this exactly. So I'm glad you brought this up. That I don't know how much they're gonna respect. You know, no LSU's overrated. Um, I think that's a good line. I think. Like just Leach
0: and Costello alone will allow Mississippi State. Even though LSU's defense, I think, is going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, I think that alone will let uh, Mississippi State put up some points. Also, LSU without Jamar Chase, with a new quarterback, without Tyler Shelvin. Yeah, um, I, I think it'll like. I think going to like, essentially, easily win by like seventeen. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm go, yeah. I got plus twenty four.
1: Uh, my last one. I'm going back to the ACC. Uh, 7.30 on ABC in Miami. Okay, me too. Me too. Florida State. All right. Okay, so who's your pick and what's your line? I'm taking Miami to cover
0: minus 13 and a half.
1: Okay, that's a big line. where you I, have it at? I had it like nine and a half. I wasn't sure where to put it, though. Like,
0: I don't know. Florida State lost to Georgia Tech. The Miami handled business against Louisville. and I feel nope. like Louisville's the ACC sweetheart.
1: No Norvell. Um, this no Norvell.
0: That, that also, I think, would increase the line and like you have it set up 13 and a half okay, we, we can we can go to what we can go to what 11 and a half
1: you know what no let's just go 13 that, that feels like a more realistic okay. number you know what i mean like 11 and a half is a weird number let's go 13 okay. I, i'm still gonna take the the hurricane
0: okay cool me too i, I just i mean that pass just gonna eat fucking
1: blackman alive yeah it is uh it's kind of fun <laughs> it's fun to just i like check this the i like lines. this better yeah I don't know if it's good to listen to, but it's fun to us. we're having fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And and I mean, we're bad at picks anyway, so who cares?
1: That's a good point. Uh, I like our homemade spreads.
0: Hell yeah. We found ourselves a new segment. So uh, tune into our next show when we break down all the most impressive and worst rookies from NFL Week 2. See you later, fam.